This is the Lifestyle as Medicine podcast, and I am Mike Riccio, longtime personal trainer, professional strength coach, gym owner, and most importantly, a devoted modern father and husband. I've been fortunate to learn under some of the most intelligent minds in health and fitness over the past 15 years, as well as work with amazing clients and athletes. What I've most fallen in love with over the years is the power we have over our lives, the power to decrease risk of disease and injury, the power to reach our true potential, the deep abilities the body is capable of when all aspects of health are working simultaneously. On this podcast, you will learn the importance of preventative health and how to optimize your habits to optimize your life. All right, listeners, welcome on. It is December, the end of 2021, almost the beginning of 2022. I hope everyone is enjoying this holiday month. Hopefully you're seeing a lot of friends and family and really enjoying it to the fullest. Today, I have a special guest and something that I want to do more of. I have on Gina DiGiovanni Kirby, who, well, is just one of us. You know, I know I have a lot of professionals on here and I love doing that. I love the information that I get. Gina inspired me to reach out to her because she is, she's my listener. She's me. She's my clients that come in this gym. She's a mother of three. She's a full-time nine to five job. She's a wife. She has recently turned 40 years old and like the rest of us, just is challenged. Challenged with life getting in the way and being a mom that puts herself on the back burner, the, the last on her priority list. And today you're gonna hear her talk about being a mom and the struggles she had throughout throughout having three kids and the mental toughness, the emotional toughness, the physical toughness, the weight gain, and what it took to finally get her to see things in a different perspective and to start making small changes. And you'll hear us talk about this in the recording, and I don't want to take away from it, but you'll hear a really important fact about how the journey kind of shaped itself, how she never really had a long-term plan. And I do believe that long-term plans have some benefit, but I think there's a bigger benefit sometimes just just starting and just experiencing and and realizing what works for you and and kind of going where you have to go. And Gina's going to do a better job than I am right now at expressing what that looked like for her. And I know that everyone that listens to this episode is going to walk away with one motivation. This is an example of someone who has done it, who is succeeding, who has found health and who has found a different level of happiness. And then you're going to have specific examples, too, of things that you can do to, to start making change for yourself. So I hope you enjoy it. Please, as always, let me know what you think. Email me at info at marhealthandperformance.com, marhealthandperformance.com, or find me and message me at lifestyle underscore podcast on Instagram. All right, listen in, and as always, don't forget to rate and review. Hi, Gina, we're rolling. How are you today? I am good, thank you. Thank you for having me, I'm excited. Uh, Thanks for being on, I am too. Can we start with just a little background on you? Sure, my name is Gina. Uh, You and I have known each other, obviously, for quite a time. A couple years, yeah. A couple years, (laughs) I'm a wife. I am a mother of three. I have a 16-year-old daughter, nine-year-old daughter, and six-year-old son. I'm a marketing coordinator in my day job. Been with my company 21 years. 
three dogs, you know, just groundhog day every day. <laughs> well, you mentioned day job. We're going to get into what your, your side job and your night and weekend job is in a little bit. Okay. But um, I want to kick off more with, with the day job and, you know, well, what you're doing prior to the last, well, a couple of three years now, three years. Yeah. So, you know, Gina, you're a mom, you have three kids. Can you talk about maybe some of the challenges you had with, with health, with lifestyle, with wellness, with weight, you know, um, in between and during having, you know, your, your three children? Yeah. Well, so I work full time. My office is far. I'm in Aurora. So the logistics of going to work and having three kids all with different schedules, I have a large age gap in between my first and my middle daughter. And so really my health suffered. I put myself on the back burner. I was busy running around with these kids, busy working. My job is pretty demanding. I'm a marketing coordinator for a manufacturing company. And a lot of the time I would have to leave work early, go deal with the kids. So then I would end up working later at night after they went to bed. And I just felt like my needs suffered and I wasn't going to the gym anymore. And I, I worked at a gym years ago, women's workout worlds, you know, in my early twenties. So I've always been fairly active. And then I started having kids and their needs came before mine and I wasn't really doing anything active anymore. And my weight definitely suffered. I wasn't eating right. My mental health suffered because of it. I just forgot to take care of myself. I was so busy taking care of everybody else, making sure that my job was done, you know, taking care of the things that I needed to at work, my house, my dogs, everything. And I just stopped taking care of me. And forgot is the right word. And it's amazing, isn't it? Isn't it amazing how much you can sit back and realize, wow, I just don't do anything for myself. Yep. And and not that dads don't go through it too. And I think more than more than ever, we are, you know, we're oh, yeah. is, is becoming a little more. But traditionally, moms really do take the blunt of that. And a lot of times you have you have the fourth child or the extra child of of the husband being <laughs> part of that too. Yes. What what was cooking like? What was food like at these times? I mean. I have to say, I do enjoy cooking. I do love to cook. And my husband is actually really good about eating whatever I put in front of him. But <laughs> I was picking a lot when I was making something different for my kids. I wasn't necessarily cooking the healthiest. You know, like, yeah, let's make some chicken parm and fry it with the breadcrumbs and the pasta. So I wasn't, even though I was cooking, it wasn't what I shouldn't be eating. It was the portion sizes. And a lot of it too was sitting on the couch at nine o'clock at night, eating a bowl of cereal or, you know, eating cookies or ice cream, just because it was like, I finally had a couple minutes to myself and I was relaxing and I'm like, Hmm, it wasn't hunger. It was boredom just sitting there doing nothing. So I was not eating the way that I knew I should have been eating, especially for somebody that was, you know, turning 40, I was 39 and I was turning 40. And for a long time, I didn't care. I was just still eating the way that I was eating. We don't, we don't eat out a ton. We really don't. I'm, I'm good about preparing lunches and cooking dinner, but when we would eat out, 
I mean, it, it would be McDonald's or pizza, pasta. So even eating out was a problem. Yeah. Well, we both come from very traditional Italian backgrounds, so there's no lack of no lack of good food or knowledge about how to make food taste good too, which is a blessing and a curse when you when you're looking for enjoyment. And really that's what those nights become. I think people are very hard on themselves for choosing maybe negatively caloric foods at night. What people don't realize is what it really is, is it's a need for some type of of pleasure. And after you've spent all day focusing on your work, your coworkers, your husband, your kids, the brain is just seeking dopamine. And, And that combination of TV and food is such an easy, effortless fill of that bucket. Yes. And then it becomes addicting because the body knows it can do it every night. It can do it with the ease. It doesn't take much. And it's really hard to get out of that habit when that becomes your sole piece of enjoyment yeah. every single day. And you hit the nail on the head. It was really, really difficult to change my mindset. It, it was comfortable. I was comfortable and it's, it's what I did. It was a habit for sure. I had been doing it for so long. It was definitely a habit. Did I need it? No, but I kept doing it. And so to change my mindset and to put different things in place that made me happy was really, really challenging after I had been doing it for so long. Well, let's get into those. So, you know, at some point you do have this, you know, awakening as you called it in our last talk. So talk us through kind of what, what got you back into fitness? Honestly, I would say it was, it was a combination of things. I was turning 40. I have a history of heart disease in my family, especially on my dad's side. And I had a little one. My son was only two at the time. So that turning 40, it scared me. I was really conscious of my health. That coupled with my mental health, I was not in a good spot mentally. I couldn't find clothes to fit me anymore. I had weighed more when my son was two and he's my third. So, you know, you, you gain more weight every pregnancy. So I weighed more with him when he was two than when I was nine months pregnant with him. And I'm only five feet tall. So I'm, I'm very short. And to see that number on the scale, I knew I wasn't feeling good. I was exhausted. I couldn't keep up with my kids. Everything made me tired. My knees hurt, my back hurt, everything hurt. And I knew it was from lack of physical activity. I would cry when I needed to find something to wear. If I was going out for a night, forget it. I I was miserable. So my physical health and my mental health, kind of one day I just woke up and I was like, enough, enough. You hate the way you look. You hate the way you feel. What are you doing? What are you doing? You know better. Like I said, I worked at a women's workout world. I had lost weight before. I knew what needed to be done. And I woke up one morning and I was like, you know what? Enough. Stop feeling this way. Stop doing this to yourself. You really need to make a change. And it wasn't, it wasn't, I'm just going to make a change. I'm going to lose this weight. And then I'm going to go back to doing what I was doing. It was a lifestyle change. I changed my entire lifestyle, which took a lot of time. 
but it really was just one day I woke up and I was like, that's it. I'm done. I'm done doing this. And then Angie, your sister one day brings you in and then you had, you found a (laughs) challenge too. And it wasn't a 15 day challenge you found. It was, it was on Facebook and it was a free 15 day challenge that uh, a popular trainer on Facebook had signed up totally free. She emailed you a meal plan for 15 days and she emailed you exercise workouts and they were, I don't know, maybe 20, 25 minutes in length, something that you can do at home. I already had dumbbells here at home. My big thing was the meals. I followed these meal plans. I did the shopping. I meal prepped on Sundays. I followed these meal plans to a T and I was the only one doing it. I was still cooking. My husband would eat kind of what I was making, but I would have to edit things for him because he wasn't doing this with me. And of course my, my kids don't eat anything. So (laughs) I'm still cooking for them, but also for myself but I followed it to a T and I did that 15 days and I started doing these workouts here at home and I was dying. I could barely get through 20 minutes where I was just dripping in sweat. I was sore all the time, but I stuck with it and I started seeing results. I started weighing myself and I saw that the weight was coming off. I started feeling better when they were having us do burpees, instead of doing two, I was then able to do like seven or eight at a time. I did that 15 day challenge. I don't even know how many times I did it. I probably did it eight times through and I just kept repeating it because it was working. I was too embarrassed to go into a gym. I was I just was miserable with myself. So I was like, I can't, I don't even want to go into a gym. I'll never be able to keep up. But as I did the 15-day program, my sister was going to a gym in Park Ridge and she's like, just come, just come one time, just try one class with me. I was like, okay, I'll try one class. So I went, I tried one class. And at that point I hadn't worked out in years. I mean, it was probably five years that I hadn't worked out at that time. And I went in and I tried the class and I loved it and hated it. I I had a really difficult time keeping up. But when I was done, I was like, oh my gosh, it kind of like reignited that fire. Like I really do enjoy going to the gym. I, I like the way I feel when I'm done. So I just started very slow at the gym. I was still doing my workouts at home, still following that meal plan. And I would go once a week with my sister to that gym. And over time, I replaced the home workouts with going more to the gym. And that continued on for a couple of years, just very slowly increasing, taking away the home workouts here. And before I knew it, I was working out at the gym five days a week and I was able to keep up and I wasn't as sore anymore. And I wasn't, you know, yeah, they were very challenging. I was still dying, but I wasn't dying as much as I was in the beginning. And so that coupled with still really being cautious about what I'm eating, it, it really changed. I mean, really my life, it really changed my whole outlook on life and how I felt about myself. And 
my relationships, how I was as a mom, how I was as a wife, it, it really just opened up a lot better things for me. You know, I, I love this because, especially on the trainer side, but sometimes we try to paint this picture for people. What you just went through, if I would have told you from day one, here's what you're going to do. You're going to spend X amount of weeks or months doing this. And then after a month or two of this, and also people are like, this is like a nine month, 15 month plan. Like that's going to take way too long. No chance. And we lose people in that type of talk. And that's why most of us have stopped doing that. It's just a just get started mentality. But for people listening, I think it's important to realize that how many times have nine or 15 months passed where we maybe stay the same, maybe decreased our health. That time passes anyway. Yeah. You know, but, but you came in and you did it. And again, in hindsight, you might've thought, man, that was a long time, but it really wasn't. And it's also necessary. People bite off more than they can chew. And everything, there's a level of uncomfortableness that has to, is that a word? No, probably not. Yeah. But (laughs) it is now. My wife, my, my wife's a grammar expert. So I always joke. She says, that's not a word. I go, once I say it, it's a word. It came out of my mouth. I (laughs) create now you're saying that I I created the word. It's my word now. It's your word. Um, Yes. So uncomfortableness, there's a level that has to be present. Like none of us, it's just, this is where growth comes from. Growth comes from some level of stress. We put ourselves in the deep end of stress so quickly and that it is so uncomfortable that it's unbearable. And not only do we rebound back to inactivity, but now we have a really bad taste in our mouth about what the process is. Why would anyone in their right mind return to that terrible of a process that felt so awful, not just physically, but emotionally, you know, stressful is just, so, you know, I think this is really important for people to hear how you really, you played with what you were semi uncomfortable with, but comfortable with, and then it, it kind of progressed itself. Yes. And, you, and you took the opportunities as it went, which I just, I just think is fantastic. And, and it's funny you say that because I also feel that it's important to see results. Yes, of course. It, it's very motivating when you see that number on the scale going down or you're noticing you can do more. Right. However, I think that instant gratification, people want to see it right away. Yeah. And I was one of those people and I really needed to change how I looked at it. It needed to be a long process. I mean, I was 40 plus pounds overweight. It wasn't something that I was going to see in a month. It was going to take time and it was going to take a lot of work. But to change your mindset where two weeks in, you think you're supposed to be at X and you're not. And it's disappointing and it's really easy to quit at that time, well, why am I doing all this if it's not working? So I needed to change how I looked at the process. And I knew even if I took three steps forward and one step back, I I needed to focus on, okay, I'm still two steps ahead. Yes. And you're not programmed to do that, especially in today's world. Everything is right now. I want it right now. And it can't be that way. Otherwise, I'm I knew myself and I knew what would happen if I didn't do it slow. Okay, fine. Three weeks, I'm down all this, all this weight. I would slip back into old habits and I didn't want to let that happen. So I knew I really needed to focus on 
this is going to take time. It's going to be hard. It's going to take work. I had to remind myself of that. Otherwise, I knew myself and I know back to doing things the way that I was doing things, making myself just as unhappy. Absolutely right. Yeah, I'm listening to this new book and I just started it. So I don't want to, I'll save judgment on whether it's a good book or not yet. <laughs> but it has to do with algorithms. And, you know, your point about taking three steps forward and one step back, that one step back is the bigger learning experience than the three steps forward work. And if you don't, if you don't take the time to think about the one step back from a productive standpoint, mm-hmm. then it's a loss. Yeah. It's, it's only a loss if you, if, you, if you make it into a failure that stresses you to the point of you know, not complying anymore with the program. But if you take the chance to take it as a learning experience, it could propel your next three steps forward or it can keep you right where you're at. And the whole point of the, the book analogy was you know, looking for apartments. How do you know which is the right apartment for you if you're looking for it? And if you don't look at 10 first, you probably don't know when you walk into the one you like and see, you see a bunch of what you don't like. Yep. No, it's kind of the same idea. If you don't put yourself out there to try different things and to learn from the negative experiences, you really can't identify what a winner is and what's working for you until you see that. Yes. Wow. I, you're going to have to give me the name of that book because <laughs> I, I, uh, I may enjoy reading that. Again, I'm like a half an hour into an 11 hour okay. audio book. So I'll, I'll send you the book, but you can't okay. judge me yet for whether it's good or not. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I do like it so far. It's a mathematical approach to making life decisions ah. is, really, is really the point of the point. Yeah. Of it. And I, you know, and, you know, me, I'm a very analytical thinker, so yeah. um, I like it. But so, you know, again, so you're at this point, you're, you're lighter, you're feeling better. And we didn't start with, you know, we were talking about the nighttime stuff. Mm-hmm. What you didn't mention at any point was I was just going to stop doing my quote unquote, bad habit at night. That wasn't the approach. Yeah, somehow the nights worked themselves out. They kind of yeah. took care of themselves. And this is, goes back to the science of habit change and what to focus on, how to focus on things. But at what point did you all of a sudden realize, oh, there were certain habits I was doing that without even thinking about it, I just don't do anymore. That is a really good question. It, it was probably several months in where I was like, Hmm, I don't do that anymore. Where it, you don't even necessarily realize it's a bad habit until you're not doing it anymore. So it, it was probably quite some time in still where I, where I was missing it is the wrong word because I really, I wasn't really missing any of it the cravings went away and I would allow myself, like if I went over by my mom's on Sundays and it's Sunday pasta, of course. And my mom is super cute. She's super supportive. So she would, you know, make me a salad or, Oh, Gina, I made ribs so you can have some ribs and just a little bit of pasta. So she, she's very supportive. (laughs) And it got to the point where I wouldn't beat myself up for having a little bit of, you know, having a little bit of the pasta or, okay, it's somebody's birthday. Let's have a little bit of the dessert. But I noticed that a little bit was enough and I wouldn't have to have, you know, three pieces of the pie or two pieces of the cupcakes or or two cupcakes. So it was probably a couple months in where I realized like, 
geez, you were really, you weren't living a really healthy lifestyle here, G. <laughs> yeah. But again, it goes to, it's again, it's perspective of what your body needs and why it creates these scenarios where it reaches for so much food. If you are a generally happier person, if you are getting consistent doses of dopamine throughout the week from activity, from the fact that you're now enjoying your experience with your kids more and your husband more and jobs, your job isn't as stressful because you don't already have this pre-built in emotional stress before you even walk in the door of your job. When all this other stuff changes, all of a sudden sitting down to one meal and needing it to be this dopamine rush, it just isn't there. And that's something that's very hard to explain to people that you just won't yes. anymore. You just, yeah. it just won't. But yeah. instead people attack it the other direction. I'm going to take what should be my most joyous days, Christmas dinner, birthday celebrations, a rare night out when you're a mom of three and you don't get to see your friends very often. I'm going to take right. those. I'm going to try to limit myself during those because I shouldn't do that. Well, now you're fighting a really, really tough uphill battle that it's no wonder why most people lose this battle. You should, because your body needed some type of enjoyment. And in the moment, it needed that more than it needed a lack of calories. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so funny you say, trying to explain to people. So I, I tell people all the time, I love working out. And they're like, what do you <laughs> mean <laughs> you love working out? No, you, you can't possibly. And I said, no, I do. And my husband teases me. He's like, you're addicted to the gym. Cause there's sometimes I will go twice. I will take a regular class in the morning. And then there's a lifting class in the afternoon. And he's like, you're going again. And I said, yes. He's like, you are addicted. I said, accurate, but there's worse things that I could be addicted to. And it is, it, it makes me feel good. Same yeah. as somebody else might have a different vice that makes them feel good. Working out makes me feel good. It makes me feel happy. I'm a better person because of it. So you want to say that I'm addicted? Yes, I am. I love it. So it, it's very difficult though, for people to grasp that because it's right. hard. Hard. It is not easy to go in and work out in one of these classes for an hour. So people are like, you're nuts. You are crazy that you love this. So it is very difficult for people to grasp that concept. It is because they don't realize it's, it is the same exact connection the, the brain makes with any other dopamine rush. Yes. I get dopamine from food, from sex, from whatever else it is. If you work out enough, it'll associate it just the same way and you'll want to do it just the same way. And that, but again, for people that, that don't understand that connection yet, it is a very tough thing to understand until you live it. Now, just as a preference, cause this isn't, this is, isn't you, but, but do, can people become overly addictive? Sure. If working out to the extent that we're not eating or like there's, there's, there's other examples where we can make this a negative. Yes. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about someone that just moves more because the brain needed to move more. A person that goes on an extra walk every day because they realize when they start feeling stressed, they feel better if they got outside for a 10 minute walk or, or the occasional second workout. That's what we're talking about. That kind of stuff is a significantly healthier addiction than the majority of other addictions that are, that are up. Exactly. And 
the health benefits for me, especially like I said, heart disease runs in my family. My dad's side, every single one of them, heart attack. I don't want that to happen to me. So by me doing what I'm doing now at 43, it will have an effect on me in my 60s. It's a it's a good balance. It's a good balance yes. for me. Yes. And heart disease is controllable. Not that it's not genetic components. There are genetic components to it. But out of the major ones, it is the most controllable factor because it is directly related to what we eat, what we put in our bodies, how much we sleep, and our activity. Yeah. Yes. And that risk is, is reversed in heart disease more than it can possibly be in, in cancer or, or some other examples. But so it's good. Yes. You, you definitely uh, you went through the better direction. And now you're doing this. Okay. And for my listeners, Gina just put the cutest puppy in the world on the screen. And you're, you're, he was crying. Yeah, no. And you know what? You don't get to see it. And I don't care. I, I get to. So selfishly, I, I win. <laughs> I win today over my, my audio listeners here. Yeah. Yeah. I will, now we're just going to talk about a dog for the next 20 minutes. So, no. <laughs> but you know, so now, now you're doing this. We, we, we said we would get back to your, uh, your, your side job. Now you're doing this for a living. So you're, you're working with Orange Theory, which I think nationwide, everyone knows Orange Theory now. How did that come about? So I was looking for a new gym. I was leaving the one that I had started with after a couple of years. I was looking for a new gym and I wanted something that was close to my house. It's just easier. You know, I could get there quick and everybody talked about it, right? Like it was everywhere. I'm like, let me give this, I'm going to give it a try. Let's see. So I went in and I tried it and I loved it. I loved the workout. It was really challenging for me, even though at that point I had already lost the weight. I was already pretty fit. I was, I was happy with where I was. And then I went there and I, and I started working out there and I saw more of an improvement from Orange Theory. So I started going there and I was, I was still holding on to the five days a week. So I was, I was going there five days a week. And one day the head coach there approached me and she's like, have you ever thought about coaching? And over the years of, of me on this journey, I had, I, because I, I really believe in it. I'm super passionate about it. And I, I loved it myself. I was living proof that it, it worked. And I was like, it's funny that you ask because I had just been on their website the night before looking up jobs. And she's like, come talk to me after class. I was like, okay. So her and I had a couple of phone conversations and she just said, she's like, I think that you would be a perfect coach. You live the brand. You have a really great story. Cause she had talked to me about my story. She's like, you have a really great story. You clearly benefit from the workouts that we're doing here. Plus you have the personality for it. You connect with the members already. She's like, this is what you need to do. You need to get certified group fitness certification nationally. And then you need to take the orange theory classes and certification program through orange theory. She's like, you think about it. Here's all, all of the aspects, the good, the bad, the ugly. This is what you're looking at. Think about it and let me know. So I came home and I talked to my husband and we just kind of talked about what, what I was looking for. And he's like, you know what? 
it makes you happy, do it. So I was like, all right. So I took the group fitness class. This was in April. And for the whole month of May, I took the class. I did the classes at night after my kids had gone to bed, after I had worked all day, took the certification to get my NASM certification for group fitness, let her know, okay, I passed, I got it. They started me with the Orange Theory training and that was two weeks. It was basically like a full-time job. I took time away from vacation time from my nine to five and I got certified with them. And now I've been coaching with them since July. And it's like, it's not even a job. I, I, I get paid, but it, it doesn't even feel like work. Yeah. And the community, that's, they do such a good job with just a community feel. You know, and not that the fitness part isn't good too, but but that's really where the orange theories and the and the berries boot camps and the shreds, that's where they crush it is it's the community feel is is awesome. They do a great yeah. job with that too. Yes. Um so right, it doesn't feel like work when you're going in, you feel like you're hanging out and just kind of yeah, yeah. shooting the shit for <laughs> for an hour. But as you're doing it, people are working out really hard and it's fun and yeah. Awesome. Yeah, and connecting with people and hearing their stories and if I can help them in some way, because I think that it's important for people, especially moms in forties, like I I wasn't always this way. It's a journey and it's still a journey for me. This is just going to be my life. And so I think it, people can relate to it knowing that I, I wasn't, I wasn't born this way. It takes a lot of work. They see me in there every day. I'm working out with them. And then I go back and I coach them at night. So I think that it helps them on their journey. And I'm, I'm a people person. I love people. I love talking to people. I, you know, I make friends wherever I go. So being able to help somebody, it, knowing where I started, and if somebody else is in that same situation and me being able to help them for me, that is super rewarding. And I love that. I love that aspect of work. It's paying it forward, you know, cause it's someone else exactly where you were three years ago. Yeah. Saying the same thing. I mean, want to step in the gym and if they somehow get to walk in their first day and you're the person they walk into, I, that could literally, I mean, and it's not being dramatic. This could save their lives. Yeah. Cause they walk into the right person that made them want to come back. Yeah. One more time. And cause yeah. if their first experience is the opposite, if that, if that, they run into that person that doesn't make them want to come back, the workout is almost irrelevant. Yes. The experience. Um, uh, my gosh, you know, you yeah. are a hundred right. You're a hundred percent. And don't get me wrong. There, there is, we, we, you know, so here in my gym, we focus a lot on how do we create that perfect level of, physical stress where people, yeah. it was challenging. You, you leave feeling like you accomplished something, but it wasn't borderline unbearable because nobody wants to come back to that. So that is no. a part of it. Proper programming is a part of it. However, that's one part of the experience, but that's what that becomes. The program becomes the experience, not about the list of exercise you put on a piece of paper. Right. That's where it doesn't matter anymore. So you need the right person that can make that experience well, but also makes you feel positive and you won and and we harp on that a lot here. They're someone's first time in here, every, all my members who have been here for two years now should all walk into a good experience. But if yeah. their first experience isn't there, 
that person may never come back to fitness and they, yep. they may have a whole different trajectory than they would have had. A, a million percent, a million percent. And I think that as a personal trainer or a coach, it's the personal touches that help as well. Like at Orange Theory, I get a lot of the same people that come take my class. And so now I, I've learned, I've learned what they're capable of. And so I know when I can be like, hey, you could use a little bit of a heavier weight or how about let's up your base pace by point one today. And so kind of getting to members and knowing their strengths, knowing what they're capable of doing. I think that helps with the member experience as well, because you're not just going in and they're not just a member. There's somebody you care about. There's somebody that you want to help. You've learned about them and you're giving them just the right amount of push because let's, at least for myself, even now I need somebody to push me. I need somebody to say to me, Gina, go grab a heavier weight. Or come on, you're slacking on that base pace today. Let's take it up a little bit. It's difficult to challenge ourselves. So when you have somebody that believes in you and knows what you're capable of and is giving you the right amount of push, that's going to keep you coming back because you feel important to that person. You feel valued. You feel like they really want to help you. Yes. You feel like they know you. Yeah. And you don't want to leave that experience. No. Because one, you're being helped, but two, you don't restart that somewhere else. You feel like you, once you've built that trust with someone, that's, that's where you want to be. Yeah. Well, gee, I think it's clear to say that that head coach has a good judgment on, <laughs> on, on who she's taken in to her employment because they clearly have the right fit. So Gina, what's, what's next for you? What's, you know, is there any, what's the next, is there a physical goals or something else that you're, you're working towards now? So I did an in-body scan at, Orange Theory. And my goal is to reduce my body fat percentage just a little bit, not nothing crazy. I'm at a pretty good percentage now. I want to be able to maintain and not slip back into old habits. So that's always top of mind for me as well is it's a choice every day. And I want to continue to make that choice. As far as a fitness goal right now, it's just reduce my body fat percentage just a little bit more. I like you know, just okay. maybe one percentage points, but ultimately I would really like to be in that industry more right now. I coach twice a week um, during the week and then on Sundays. So if all was right in the world, I would definitely focus on that career um, more than, you know, anything else. So if I'm ever retire from my regular nine to five, I would love to be able to focus more of my time there in fitness. Cool. Very cool. All those people would benefit if they had you more for sure. Thank you. Oh my, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Gina, this is awesome. I really appreciate you taking the time to be on you and our guests here. Well, guys, no one else see except for me, the little puppy, but um, yeah. No, thank you really for being on. Um, I'm, I'm looking forward to people hearing this and hearing your story because it's, it's a great one. So thank you. I appreciate it, Mike. I really enjoyed this. Thank you so much for having me on. I appreciate it. Listeners, I'm going to put Gina's Instagram into the show notes. So definitely go check her out. She posts about her, her Orange Theory stuff a bit on there as well. And uh, 
Let me know what you think. Send any comments and don't forget to rate review. Gina, you stick around for a second. Everyone else, we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to the Lifestyle as Medicine podcast. Find more episodes like this at www.lifestyleasmedicinepodcast.com and visit www.marhealthandperformance.com and at marhealthandperformance on both Facebook and Instagram for more great content and information about programs. Have a great day and see you next time.